Why, hello, everyone. The Chili Crew was able to get together like they normally did and do a regular podcast. Although the restaurant Biblical Chili ain't open like the way it used to be, we were still able to put something together, and I hope you enjoy it. Today we're talking about the Good Samaritan. Well, you know, that man that helped the gentleman that was laying in the ditch all beat up with a rock. Oh, it, it was terrible. You should have been there. I, I mean, yeah. So, Jesus told this story about the Samaritan, and this man helped out another man in need. So, today we want to pose the question to you. Who is your neighbor? Welcome back to Biblical Chili, guys. Sitting around the table today is... This is Wayne. This is Sully. This is Justin. And this is Tom. Wayne, why don't you go ahead and lead us off in prayer, and then we'll get into this Good Samaritan. You bet. Dear God, we are thankful for the opportunity to come before you. Please be with us as we look into your word. Please be with us as we share. Lord, be with those that are listening. God, I pray that your hand will be upon them. Uh, again, be with us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So in, in looking for a topic for tonight's talk, um, you can't flip open any social media outlet at all without seeing like hate and animosity and fear just put everywhere. It's, right. It, it's sad. I was, I was thinking of a good story that we could talk about tonight that could kind of help them through whatever struggles they're going through. And I thought of this uh, the, the parable of the Good Samaritan. Rather short. It's going to be Luke chapter 10, uh, verses 25 through 37. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. He said, You've answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, A man was going from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by some robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and we saw the man he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to a place where he saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came to where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him, bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The expert in the law replied, well, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus said, go do, go. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Now there's a a verse in here that, (laughs) 
I'm reading through it. Verse 28 kind of jumps out at me. Do this and you will live. Jesus didn't say like this will make you live forever. This will bring you into eternity. This will save you. He says, do this and you will live. To experience life, to live life to its fullest is to help others. To help people through the hard times, to be there as a shoulder, to be there as a helping hand to help them through this. With the social climate is what's going on out there. Even relating to this, what are your guys' thoughts as to loving your neighbor? Like, are we doing a good job of that? Well, I think when Jesus was bringing this up uh, about loving your neighbor, he was he was really trying, or at least making an attempt at trying to to shift how these men viewed other people because they obviously had a, a different mindsets when it comes to that. And in in answer of your question, uh, are we are we really doing that? I I would say as a society, I I don't know that we really are as as a whole. I would say as a, as a whole. So as a whole, are we actually treating our neighbor the way that Jesus is asking us to love, loving our neighbor? Be- and, and the only reason I'm not, oh, I'm not like a downer here on this, I'm because uh, I'm normally a happy guy, but I, I think that too many of us are so afraid of in a lot. Like I, I, I truly believe that there's a lot of people out there that want to do what's right and want to help people. But many of us, usually when we run into a circumstance like that, are driven by fear or driven, I should say, maybe driven away by fear. Because what if I do the wrong thing? What if they what if they get upset at me for helping them? What if, you know, something like that? Well, the first time I've ever heard of Samaritan was in actual medical training where it says Good Samaritan Act. Good Samaritan Act actually allows you to, let's say not have the proper medical training and actually help somebody out. But due to the fact that you don't have the proper medical training, you're able to get away with saying, Hey, I tried. Like that's honestly the law of what you're able to do this. I also feel the same where you're talking. There's a few out there that I won't deny that are going out, helping other people, giving what they can and helping people. But one of the things that I want to point out in the verse 30, where it says, pours wine, oil and wine onto him and bandages him up. Okay. He's not only giving the money because people see the money to the innkeeper and everything else, but oil and wine during that time was kind of priceless. Right, oil was not something that was just like super, super cheap. No. So it's like he actually helped this man in more ways than one and gave a lot to actually help this man. He gave him his best. And that's what we should be looking to do. When it comes to this, though, I, I find I find the whole parable very interesting because and we see this a lot when it comes to Jesus in order to understand something very simple that norm that normally and you norm most of these parables that, that Jesus pops up is because he's not just explaining it to the crowd but it's normally because people are trying to trap him and trying to you know stick him type of thing and hey, let's get him so let's ask him a question that nobody could answer did you notice that Jesus actually never answered these questions that the the lawgiver came up and he said, no, let, you know what, let me ask you a question. Who is the neighbor in this circumstance? And he tells a story, you know, and, which 
which is is telling because that I mean Jesus what did Jesus say we should be uh as wise as serpents and as harmless as doves <laughs> and he did this all the time because he 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 came into this looking at this situation and in lieu of what's going on today uh I know there's a lot of like like Tom like you were saying there's a lot of anger with just not just one circumstance that's been happening or or that did happen I should say which should quite frankly have never happened but because of this one circumstance it stemmed this whole tidal wave of injustices and you know and and I'm glad Tom brought this story up because who is our neighbor and Jesus obviously well it was the man that helped but the the interesting the thing I find very interesting is that the two men that showed up that passed by first were the men that were told by God to be the ones who love their neighbor. You know, the, these were the law, the law keepers, and they were also the priests were the ones who took care of the temple. So uh, us as Christians, even if we may not see a lot of this happening, why... Why did Jesus, I, maybe I could ask you guys, why did Jesus make these two men the example? It's because of their social stance. Also, a evident, a highly evident self-imposed boundary as to what they are willing to do to help. They're not willing to do help when eyes aren't watching. When they're doing their normal job, everybody's looking at them. This is how you act when nobody else is noticing you. And these guys these guys obviously cared what people thought based on what they saw. And so they're not going to do anything in their job description when they're not on the clock, so to speak, <laughs> in the eye. In their job description. Yeah. And and so yeah. this here is those those preset boundaries where I want to help but not that much, you know. <clears throat> what I don't know. I, it brings me back to that fear. What if I help and fill in the blank? I mean, you know, the fear of our life. There's a a, a constant um, term that I heard. I, I've seen it true in every job. It says. What if I take the time and train this person and then they leave? And then another person comes in and says, well, what if you don't and they stick around? <laughs> or the actual scientist with the cat. You guys have heard that one, right? Schrodinger? Schrodinger's cat? Yeah, where the cat's inside the box. The box is covered up. Is the cat dead or alive? You can't tell. And that's the whole th the whole theology behind it is that in while it is in the box, it is both alive and dead, dead. at the same time. Anyway, Wayne, you had something to talk about. <laughs> yeah, you just blew my mind. How am I supposed to follow that? I, how am I supposed to follow that? I I was just thinking these are two like a priest and a Levite, a giver of the law, a preacher of the law, right? Am I in the right ballpark? Um, these are also, I kind of feel like these are social status type positions. And we've all heard this line that I'm about to say. It's not my job, man. I just don't think they thought that was their job to do that. 
I mean, these are things they speak, not what they do. And I think there's a lot of people we know that speak the words, get up on their high horse and speak the words, and yet they don't live the words. And we've talked about that too. But I think that's like when they're forced, when they're forced to do things that maybe they talked about on a Sunday or maybe they talked about in a group of people, things that other people should do. That's exactly what they mean. Other people should do that, not them, because this is a social status thing here. This is the power thing. You're next. These are the thoughts that was going through my head just now. I've got other things going on there, but I'm going to let Sully speak because he's coming out of his skin. Well, um, Wayne, also to uh, a shameless plug, isn't that kind of like walk the talk? Yes, yes, absolutely. There we go. We love shameless plugs. Unbiblical chili. Chili beans. Are we chili beans? <laughs> I so that does that mean hilarious. we're candy or we're something else? Not jelly beans. Oh, that's what I'm getting confused by. You chili old bean. The other thing I was thinking about too, the Samaritan. I don't remember, and I need to do some studying on this, but I'm going to throw it out there anyways. I don't believe the Jews or the Samaritans liked each other much. So what so what he did was like way beyond what they probably expected him to do. I mean, this we don't like these people. You don't talk to them, you don't help them. But this guy went way above and beyond. Gave him his best, gave him you know his money, his oil, his wine, his and promised to pay hey, even the bill. his donkey. Yeah, and his yeah. donkey and 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 pay the bill. When he came back, so right, and he and even think about that. The next step, he didn't have to come back. No, he apparently was going to come back. Yeah, I'm going to come back, and you know what? I'll pay the yeah, bill off. I'm going to make sure. So yeah, I, I find it very interesting that Jesus did not put any stipulations on who the neighbor was. He did not put any stipulations on the situation. He did not. He said, "No, you should love your neighbor." Who is, who is your neighbor? Well, actually, it, it said, love your neighbor. It says that in, I believe, Deuteronomy. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul. Love your neighbor as yourself in Deuteronomy and Leviticus. But uh, Jesus was quoting, obviously, the Old Testament. But the thing is, is he he didn't put any stipulation on it. And I think that's that that's those those fear that come into our minds. Because, like, think about it from, the, from like, the priestly, priestly perspective. You know, there's a stipulation here. Yes, I could... I could help him. And you're saying, well, maybe it was from, you know, he, what if somebody sees me help this guy I'm not supposed to be affiliate with? What if they think I'm friends with them for goodness sake? And then, you know, the lawgiver who knows you're not supposed to touch a dead body less, you know, well, actually the Bible says, if you touch a dead body, you got to wash yourself seven days or whatever. There's like a whole like sanitary thing. Yeah. It, it's a sanitary thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like it says, if you touch a dead body, you're actually supposed to. So, so if you bury somebody who's dead, I know it sounds weird, but it's for God was trying to teach them about the germs. If you basically go out and you bury your, your grandma dies and you bury her, you actually have to go to a river, wash yourself, and you actually have to separate yourself for seven days because if you got bacteria from touching a dead body, then, you know, so the lawgiver, he knows you're not supposed to. So his stipulation, I would say, I would say in his mind would be, is he alive? Is he dead? You know, I'm not supposed to touch, touch dead bodies. I don't have time for this. <laughs> I don't, yeah, right. Yeah. No, no, but no, no. But no. he didn't even stop to see if he was alive. Hey. He didn't even poke, poke him with no, a stick. No, no poking. 
No glass in front of the nose. Yeah, yeah the mirror thing. The mirror, yeah, yeah. the mirror. <laughs> Something that, that comes to my mind in this is that he says to love your neighbor as yourself. And there's a saying now that some of the funniest people, some of the, the best comedians are the, the most depressed people you, that you know. Oh, yeah. It comes from a dark place. Now, as much as we're focused on the, the, the good things that the Samaritan did for this man, if the, the preacher of the law and the, the, the law keeper knows this, how are they like looking at themselves? Like, what do they, you know, how do they hold themselves in that esteem? Like, they could be preaching the law, but not like drinking their own Kool Aid kind of thing. Like, because it's not for them; it's for the people, right? So, oh. it's social man. And, and so you. they they don't think that highly of themselves. So in this instance, they probably are treating how the treating this man how they feel. What about, uh, I know Israel one time brought this up, which I thought was spectacular. When we talked about the character of God and he said, normally how you feel about the character of God is a reflection of how you understand who he is. You know, like like if, you, if God were to come down to you, because the question was asked, I believe, to all of us, and I think you answered and then Israel jumped in. Where you said, well, if I were, you know, we were talking about, I think if we spent a day with Jesus, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And oh, then yeah. you were like, I'd feel like the kid in the corner, like, uh oh, what did I do wrong? You know, like, and, but if you spent a, if you spent that day with God, but that's a reflection on what you think God's character is. So maybe that could have some play in it too. Like they, they may not fully understand God's character, but like you're, like, kind of like what you're going down, Thomas. They knew the law. They they were given the gift that God gave them of the of the Holy Scriptures at, at this time, the Old Testament. They had it, but were they actually implementing it? Much like Nicodemus, who actually sat with Jesus and talked with him, still couldn't bring himself to giving up what he had to go with Jesus. That next step. He couldn't do that next step. Because the, of status. Right. Because of status. It was yeah. just holding him back. Now, you know, we are, uh, we're on that, that Christian Podcasters Association, and there's a gentleman that we had on our live stream, Neil, Neil Matthews from Other People's Shoes Podcast. Yes. Plug, which, plug, plug. By the way, that was spectacular. Yes. The interview oh, was, was great. Yeah. He, he posted a, a question to the group that is, am- amongst all this chaos, how well do we actually hear our neighbors? Do we hear our neighbors? Yeah. How well do we actually hear them? How well do, are we paying attention to them? Would we notice if they're suffering? If the the priest and the Levite, if they were suffering, but yet they were putting on this great front, they were preaching and they were teaching and they were doing all the things that they're supposed to be doing, but they weren't feeling it and there was no one there holding them accountable, how can we tell if we are really digesting or, or or ingesting what emotional states or how people are actually doing through all of this? Are, are we doing a good job? I would say, and this is a challenge, this is a challenge. I learned this a long time ago. When you walk through your daily life and you say hello to people and um, you say, how are you? And you keep walking, then you really don't care. I think you should never ask them how they're doing unless you really care. 
and you want to know. And that's how you find out how they're really doing, how they're feeling, if they're hurting. How are they doing through this time? How are they doing financially? How are they doing in their family? How are they doing in their marriage? If you really want to know, ask the question. If not, just say hi and keep going. Because I really believe that deep down inside, it's like these two. I'm not sure they cared. I think they were on their way. They had their mission. They had their head knowledge, whatever. They didn't even, did they look over? They saw something in the, you know, in the road ahead. So they, you know, they cut it off early and then they, they went around so they wouldn't have to deal with that. Um, they could have checked to see if, they, even if they had to use a stick or something. I'm just saying, if you really love and if you really care, you ask that question and you wait for the answer. You don't keep going because I catch myself doing that and I circle back because they need to know that you care and they're going to know we're Christians by our love. And that's how you share your love, by caring. And, and that, I mean, that just goes right back to the Samaritan. I, I think about those things all the time. I mean, we were, I was challenged at an early age. Don't ask if you don't care. There's don't do comedi- it just because. There's a comedian that I was listening to. He said that uh, walking them through this this whole scene, I walk into the bank and there's a, a security guard standing there, and I walk in and say, "Hey, how's it going?" And then I couldn't get the door open. It was it wouldn't work. And he proceeds to tell me how he was doing. Like the nerve of this guy actually answering. <laughs> Don't yeah, you realize that it's only two <laughs> correct answers to that question, yeah. good or fine, that when people ask, they're not really being sincere. You're just supposed to let them have that, that, that fake yeah. <laughs> generosity yeah. among them. Absolutely. Man. Well, there's actually a couple employees that we work with that, uh, it actually, uh, Jim Cavalier, he's normal listener to this podcast. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, Jim. He actually brought up something to me today and Wayne where it says no person is the same person every single day. Wait, Jim said that? Yeah. No like person that. is the same person every single day because you could be going through, you've seen a bad text, you've seen something on social media, you know, it still changes Somebody you. said something. Yeah, so, yeah, it's just something like that. Well, actually, later in the day, I had another employee. I couldn't figure out what was wrong with this person for a little bit. And then another employee actually filled me in with the story. And I'm like, wow. If that person needs to go off and just hang out, well, we can do that. Like, I am offering my services. We're just going to have a nice time. Just let it go. Because they actually walked by and used a couple words that I'm not allowed to say on this podcast. And it was just, to me, it was just like caught me off guard because I'm like, what what, what just happened? Uh, um, uh, uh, what, what, um... Yeah, and so a couple of us actually on there were waiting for that person to come by again just so we can be like, do you need to sit down and talk to somebody? Because please, we'll listen. We'll take the time out of our day and we'll listen to you. See, but that that's awesome. That's taking that, you know, you see someone who's who's damaged. You see someone who's, who you see a neighbor. There's the phrase. You see that neighbor and instead of just doing the, 
how do you do? Yeah. And and saying, oh no, you know whatever the whatever the natural response is or the quick response, you know, uh, the how about how about this unemotionally charged response? Yeah, disconnected. The disconnected response. You mean is, the good morning to good morning? Right. And <laughs> not actually caring to. Not actually meaning the the even the good morning, mm-hmm. you know. So I mean, no, I think you got that was that was awesome because how often do we either see somebody in need and just go just kind of dismiss it in our own mind, or does it should maybe I should ask this? Can I, can I ask this? Should something like that weigh on us? It's, According to the story, I think it should. I think that yeah. the Holy Spirit will get our attention. I know that through experiences of taking the time of pulling off and making sure someone doesn't need a help changing their tire, they need a ride, they need a cell phone, taking the time to stop, slow down, and do things like that has never made me late for anything. Mm. Either I show up to where I'm going late and something has held them up or I just don't have traffic or I just get there on time. Like I'm not 15 minutes early, but I'm five minutes early. You know, it's never, it's never, I've missed out on something because I helped somebody. It reminds me of when, when people have a, and this isn't that this talk, but it's when people have that issue with, with giving tithe or offering. And often the phrase comes up, you can't outgive God. It'll come back. It'll come back. And you it'll come back in a way that you do not know or do, don't even understand. But and that and that's perfect because of, of that circumstance. I'm sure that Samaritan even had I'm he was traveling. Obviously he had some place to go to. Yeah. And I understand this is just a parable, but dig deep in this because there's more to this than just some surface thing of some guy helping it. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. I, I was just looking at verse twenty nine. It said but he, meaning the, the law keeper, uh, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? That reminds me of what, uh, uh, what did Pilate say to him? What is truth? You know, trying to completely just trying to dismiss everything that Jesus is saying because uh, now this really doesn't matter because after all, who really is my neighbor? Well, maybe we can bring this down to the level of what kind of the, and we, we don't have to get into specifics, but there are, there is a lot of negativity going out right now uh, due to COVID, due to the riots that have been happening, due to the injustices that have honestly been going on around the United States specifically and the world. How can we take this and who is your neighbor? The, the question, maybe, maybe we could even title it that. Who is your neighbor? And, where where can we go from here to make that step forward? I, I think Wayne and I think what, what you were saying, Sully, was, is, is a perfect. So where could we go or what kind of, I guess, next step, understanding who our neighbor is, could we go from here? Well, I could take this up because I know the fact that actually quite a few people are being singled out because their opinions and different things like that. I just don't feel the fact that it should we should show support on the people that actually are trying to be neighborly like our brothers and sisters if they're talking about well first off you can start with your neighbor 
hey, how's it going? How's everything doing? How's the car running? You know, did you bring back my chainsaw couple that I lent you three months ago? You know, something like that. I mean, come on, people. It's just, this, I actually lend out my uh, Wi-Fi password to my neighbor because I was like, eh, I can add 10 devices. I only have two. Okay, whatever. Here you go. Have fun. I take people for rides. I don't, I don't care if it's, it's a simple thing too. The small things matter the most to most people. Okay, you give them a dollar here, you do this, you give them a ride, you bum them a cigarette. I mean, I made many friends that way. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. Kind of a weird thing I've got written in the side of my Bible here. I think I probably have spent a lot of time in this, this parable. And I don't know... I mean, I don't know how many years ago this was written, but it says black-white situation, question mark. I'm just sitting here thinking to myself, who's my neighbor? Any human being that comes across the bow is my neighbor. It doesn't matter what color of skin they have. That's my neighbor. That's my brother. That's my sister. It doesn't matter who... Who it is or where they came from, what what level of prosperity it, it it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to God. God accepts them, us, all, we. I mean, you cover all the the basis here. Jesus came for all of us, all of us. That's our neighbor. Somebody on the side of the road, Tom. I'm glad you brought that up because I'm going to be looking for people on the side of the road. I've, I've never done that. I've never done that. But this, I mean, these are heavy-hitting things that are going on right now. And you, it doesn't matter. There's a lot of things we can discuss here, but we're not going to do that. It's not that kind of show. But this is what I wanted to say. I mean, I saw this. I'm thinking, yeah. I think I, I like that it says uh, black and white because you could take that another way too is when you're walking down the road, there is no, well, should I, shouldn't I? I believe it's black and white. Yeah. It's yes, no. Yeah. You know, you yes. need, right, exactly. You are either going to help them or not going to help them. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, keeping with the, the example here in the parable, it, it is a yes or no. It is not because I, I, I don't know, this is a, huh, did you know? You know during the, During this time, the a lot of the times they brought up these questions to Jesus and it's because the law keepers and the priests and the and the levite they they were always conjecturing and debating on these I'll just say gray areas in scripture and they kept going back and forth the resurrection and this and that and these things that were all confusing for them and they never really nailed it down black and white and Jesus kind of took this conjecture of, well, who really is my neighbor after all? This person kind of, if I have the time, or this person, I would help them if I had the money to do this. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the gray area. There's there's no if. You're either going to help them or you're not. Yes. And I, I know I know that's like that's like straight down the bow, people. I'm sorry I just launched that cannon at you. But <laughs> yeah. Well, one thing I'd like to bring up, I 
I don't understand when people actually go, hey, this is bad and this is good. Well, I'm sorry. If you don't have the bad and you don't have the good, you can't have one without the other. You just can't. And people look at me cross-eyed guinea pig when they see that. How I say that and I'm like, okay, if you only have good, that means the fact that nothing's bad. So how are you going to compare good to bad? Actually, you know what the interesting thing is about that? I just heard a, a, about a book that an author said something similar to that. I know this is a little off topic, but he go, he actually says, when you look at the world around us, there needs to, there, it, he doesn't say there needs to be, he said there is right now because people say, well, why doesn't God just fix everything? Well, he's trying to, is the bottom line. He's trying to fix stuff. Yeah. You know, he's in the middle of it all. And he said, if there is just enough injustice in the world to make us stop, just like the good, just like the good Samaritan, if there is just enough injustice where we go, wait a minute, that's wrong. A guy beat up in the ditch, stolen, half naked, you know, bleeding all over. That's that. That's an injustice that we look at and we step back and we say, wait a minute, something is wrong. And we rethink, well, hopefully, I would hope that many of us rethink. And I, I, I don't know. And, and maybe, I, I don't know, this, maybe this is going to go a little deeper than, we, than I intended. But with these gentlemen that just walked by, what do you think, and I don't, I don't know how to go through this, but what do you think caused them to just naturally say, nope, and walk by? Where that injustice was sitting there plain as day, and yet, they it it didn't give that awe and shock. It gave a disgust and let's leave. You know, let's like let's fly away from this situation as fast as possible. There's a verse in the Bible that says, "For him to increase, I must decrease." Or flip it around. I might have misquoted it, but um, it's in John. I'd have to find it. Yeah. Anyway, um, I think that. It's another station thing that, that 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 he was not in their station. They, they thought too highly of themselves. They thought too highly of their station to stoop that low. And I think that uh, that is where a lot of people have their their shortcomings. Um, nobody is willing to make themselves lesser than their neighbor because when you put their opinion. Above yours, that means you're giving them that time to understand. Yes, John 3.30. He must increase, I must decrease. Yep. And, and to answer your other question there, how can we start with that? How can we start with helping others or understanding others? That that right there, uh, approaching, approaching a conversation that you are completely selfless in where – you're listening to them. You are actually listening to them. You're listening with the intent to understand rather than the intent to react. For that that moment there is where understanding and uh, cohesion begins because if, if you go into that conversation with empathy and understanding as the goal you will walk away with a even deeper understanding of one another. 
So you're you're literally saying, what can I when when I am uh, when I enter a conversation, you're not doing the what can I take? You're doing the what can I give? What can I do for you? Right. You're giving that humility. Yeah. What can I give instead of what can I take? Right. Well, and I don't mean take like understand. I mean take as in like what you were saying, where you're waiting for that. You're waiting for a break so you can just boom, right? And, and get you them want, back or debate or whatever. You want to just be a sponge. Let someone talk to you, and then you just soak it in, and then respond. Respond with clarifying com- comments that shows that you just listened to what they said. And that you understood it, even if you don't agree with it, that you understood it and that you're following them. That there is is also the ability, gives you that window to show God's goodness through you, through that understanding. Because when people tested Jesus, like in this passage, they were wanting him to have a rise, you know, get a rise out of him. They were wanting to try to, to trap him. Trap him, yeah. Uh, Make him kind of uh, fumble on his words a little bit. But he never attacked anything with a, my way is the only right way and you have to listen to me. No, I'm going to tell you in your own words and make you come to that conclusion on your own. And that I think is where uh, people fall short nowadays, especially in social media, because they're wanting their points to be the point rather than understanding what's happening. They want to add their point to what's happening, which has that snowball effect and nobody's the better in the end. They do, they want to, maybe I shouldn't even say they, we, because I'm sure at some point all of us are, are guilty of this and we have to, we have to be careful with it. We are adding to the situation instead of trying to, uh, I don't know, build some construction to it, you know, instead of, uh, I don't know, I, I like what you said with the reacting to it, um, like like with all the injustices and, and the situations, the negativity that's out there, there is negativity, but there is negativity, and this is something I think we got to understand, there is this negativity out there right now because people feel that there is an injustice there. And that's great, but like what you're saying with the, something as simple as a conversation, listen, truly listening to somebody in a conversation, you have just found out who your neighbor is instead of the, hey, yeah, doing fine. You know, I'm good. You know, how are you doing? You know, I, I get this all the time. Oh, living the dream. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> just a natural reply. I just, yeah, I, I, again, I'm just going to reiterate what I said. Don't ask the question if you're not ready to listen. If you don't really care, if it's just something you do, hey, how's it going? And keep on walking. Don't ask the question unless you're willing to could put that in the time. Be, maybe this is a little, little side note, but could that be considered lying? I, I would White say lie. yes. Or deception? Yeah. White lie. Absolutely. If Absolutely. You're, if you're genuinely, if you're not genuinely asking to, to understand. Yeah. Okay. I have a question on that. Oh. <laughs> Because if you say the fact that I'm lying because I generally, um, actually one of my teachers used to do this and this, this is where I got it from. The people that he disliked the most, he would honestly say, hey, good morning and go about his day <laughs> because that person annoyed 
was annoyed by it. So he did it every day. No. Please oh, tell no. me you don't do that, Sully. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a there's a difference there. Um saying good morning is a lot different than how was your morning? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Right, because that's implying pulling information out. Yeah. And the other one is just if you're just pleasantry, hey, how's it going? And that is you settling in for a conversation. Yeah. Or if you just say, Good morning. Good morning. No, I think, it's I think the it's equivalent f- of the cowboy tipping their hat. <laughs> I think it's funny that we've we've gone from like these injustices of, of like the, the Good Samaritan to just something as simple as our words and our conversation. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yep. I find it interesting that we went that way. But it's also the fact that you gotta be able to sit down with both sides. Uh, again, uh, Terry Crews actually said it the best. My brothers and sisters, I don't care what your race, creed, ideology is. We can come together. So it should be. It should be. Mm-hmm. I don't. There's some people I can't actually stand, but there's just there's it's just some opinions that just go. How are you alive? And I go about my day. <laughs> that that's when you pray for them. It, you know, that's I when need you to. pray for them. <laughs> that's when you pray for them. That's all. That's all you can do. Uh, if if uh, I almost want to say it's biblical that if you can't say anything nice and don't say anything at all, it's 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 one of those things. It's in there. It's got to be. There. It's got to be. <laughs> You know, it's funny, yeah. funny about that. You say you, you just pray for them. I've actually had a, a pastor one time say, uh, you know, for those people that, that don't like you, that just really just cannot stand you and they like to get under your skin and or nitpick at you or something like that, then you can you can say to them, you might be right. Would you please pray for me? And all of a sudden it's it disarms the conversation and it, it honestly it reflects it right back to God and say He's the only one that can help me. Yeah, for like, sure. if this is true, what you're saying about me is true. Maybe maybe it is. Yeah, for sure. Then I could use some prayer. Yeah, well, that's a tough one for them to take too, especially if they don't. If they don't pray, yeah. Well, we're gonna challenge you. If you think that, you pray for me, please. And yeah, speaking of challenge. I'd like to challenge our listeners out there. I'd like to challenge uh, those of you that are listening to us through your power walks, that are listening to us on the road and you're, you're com- the commuting to, uh, from point A to point B, or if you're just cleaning your house. Um, I'd like you to take time in your day to actively seek out your neighbors. Um, even if you, you see somebody walking and you pull off the side of the road and see if they need a ride, only to find out they're just out for a walk. Actively be that person to go out there and seek out your neighbors. How many of you know your neighbors? Like your physical neighbors. Sully, you mentioned that you, uh, you know, uh, I lent you something, but how many of us don't even walk across the street to know who your neighbors are? Yeah, Tom, I know that I'm Tom, guilty. Oh, isn't it the cemetery across the street from you? No, I was gonna say I know your neighbor you. across the street. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> and so take that as a a, a little homework assignment. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, the world will be a better place for it. Drop us a line. Tell us a little bit of the story of 
of how you engaged with it, because I think that would be an interesting testimony <clears throat> of yes. trying to discover your neighbors. In search of my neighbor. But please do it respectfully. Do not do anything harmful. <laughs> and also, please remember social distancing. <laughs> right, especially during this time. You know. Anyway, um, do you guys have anything else to add to this so that we can go ahead and get it wrapped up? Sully, would you like to leave us out of here in prayer? Okay. Well, I actually have a special prayer in mind. Uh, one of my friend's family is actually in need, and I would really like listeners and everybody else to actually kind of pray with us for this. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, I'd like to pray for my friends and family that are actually in need right now. Uh, pray the fact that they get the treatment and they actually see the light and see the fact that they actually get through this time. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for that. And with that, this has been Tom. This is Wayne. This has been Sully. And this is Justin. And thanks again for uh, joining us today, guys. And we will talk to you next week. All right. We love you guys. forward to it. It's the first one I actually did a prayer for. Why, hello again. I hope you had a great time. Feel free to reach out to that chili crew on the interwebs. You can reach them at that Book of Faces, also a Twittering Bird, and you can also send an electronic mail at biblicalchili at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you soon. <laughs>